Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Mind Love, episode 54. Today's episode is all about awakening and ascension. Because I had that surrender moment, then the messages and guidance and support get stronger and stronger because they see your willingness and courage and vulnerability to be on this unseen path. That's when this co-creative relationship between ourselves and source gets stronger and stronger until you're just operating as one. Turn up your frequency with Mind Love. Bite-sized brain hacks for seekers, dreamers, and doers. It's time to give your mind a little love with your host, Melissa Monti. First, Mind Love is a CastBox original. CastBox is the fastest-growing, highest-rated podcast app on both iOS and Android. And for good reason. The app is awesome. Personally, it's my favorite and where I listen to all of my podcasts. You can still listen to Mind Love wherever you get your podcasts, but I hope you'll give CastBox a try. Second, don't forget to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening on and leave a review if you can. Reviews really help to entice more amazing guests. Plus, it helps me grow the show, which ultimately helps me give more value to you guys. We've been called the woke generation, which is kind of funny because a lot of people don't even really know what that means. So time for a little woke 101. First, let's go over the basics. Enlightenment versus awakening versus woke. Let's just get woke out of the way. It's basically a trendy word that means nothing. (laughs) Enlightenment is a stabilized awakening. Traditionally, it's when you transcend the ego. It's the end of all forms of suffering and it's permanent. So once you get there, you're there. There's no coming back. According to the Bhagavad Gita, only one in a billion people knows the truth or has actually achieved enlightenment. So think Jesus and Buddha. But nowadays, people tend to say enlightenment when they really mean spiritually awakened. A spiritual awakening is like an expanding of consciousness. Your perceptions wake up a little. You don't perceive reality in the same way. It's kind of like glimpses of enlightenment, though. Spiritual awakenings can happen in all sorts of ways. It can be spurred by something or nothing at all. It can happen in a series of moments, each taking you a little bit deeper, or it can be a slow and steady progression. So basically, it can happen all the ways, which I know isn't really that helpful. For most of us, our awakening leads to higher states of consciousness. Our intuition is a little bit deeper. We feel this greater connection with spirit. In my own journey, I've noticed the biggest changes just this last year, which makes sense because I spend most of my time talking to people about it. Lately, I've been having these prolonged moments where the world seems a little bit brighter, kind of like I'm viewing it in 5D or something. And I feel this overwhelming sense of gratitude and love. It sounds kind of cheesy, but it's almost like a hug from the universe. 
these moments actually get me really excited to get older, which I don't think I hear that often from people over the age of 18, but I feel like it can only get better from here. Awakenings can result in different things for different people. For some people, their awakenings come with spiritual gifts. My journey so far, not so much, but I'm holding out hope. I don't know if anyone told the universe that I'm a Taurus and I freaking love gifts, so fingers crossed. Awakenings can be triggered by almost anything. Eckhart Tolle was so depressed he tried to kill himself and woke up woke, literally. But please do not try that at home. I don't think it'll come out the same. Paul Selig, who you might remember from episode 38, went to his attic with a kundalini mantra and an open heart, and now he channels spirit guides, and the shit he says is profound, so much so that they're transcribed into books, which are my favorite books. Sometimes, though, it takes something so painful that it completely shatters the ego, and that's the case for our guest today. Alison Charles, a world-renowned television host, speaker, and spiritual teacher, was blasted into her awakening through a traumatic moment, a betrayal, actually, that left her clairaudient. Now she's a mystic and shamanic practitioner known as Rockstar Shaman. She's been featured everywhere from Forbes to Oprah Magazine, and she channels ancient sacred knowledge and divine energy to the mainstream to help others awaken their own powers. Today, three key things we will learn are what betrayal is through the spiritual lens, the case for shedding our layers, and the dangers of ignoring our shadows. Before we get started, I want to tell you about the best way to stay in your highest frequency between episodes. Thousands of listeners are loving my daily morning mind love emails. They're short daily reminders of your own beauty, magic, and power so you can start each day with your best mindset. Just go to mindlove.com and sign up right there on the homepage. Plus, you'll get some amazing free gifts when you do. First, you'll get a really cool free booklet of Powerless based on proven methods from the most successful people in the world to automate your highest decisions. Plus, you'll get a free guided affirmation meditation. It's set with a binaural frequency known as the Miracle Tone, which is known to make you a magnet for love, health, and abundance. Then it's layered with affirmations to perfectly tune your frequency for transformation. Just go to mindlove.com to sign up. Or if you're out and about, just text the word MORNING to 33777. That's MORNING to 33777. And now let's welcome Allison Charles to the show. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Thank you. So happy to be here with you today. I want to dive right into the moment that your spiritual gifts first opened up or what you call your awakening. So what happened? Sure. I have no problem sharing. A lot of times the distinct and unique alchemy that is earth life, I mean, so many of us have our awakening moments birthed out of something that's very traumatic. And in my case, that's one of my favorite Joseph Campbell quotes is the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. And my awakening moment was exactly that. For whatever reason, you might want to chalk it up to things that maybe happened in past lives. But for whatever reason, this lifetime, my greatest terror was betrayal. And so I had been in a very, very long-term relationship, very soul contractual, very karmic, almost two decades long journey with my ex-fiance. And it was one of those stories of two 
good people, especially at a certain point, trapped in a, a cycle of insanity, you know, during doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And his suffrage was rising and increasing. My suffrage was rising and increasing. The pain and the pain bodies in both of us were getting activated more and more and more. And we were clashing more yet because of codependency and different issues involved in the relationship, we were like encased, kind of like felt entrapped in this web. And the engagement had been called off and I moved to New York on my own. And a number of months later, he resurfaced and seemed to have a lot of awakening moments during our time apart. I thought, well, (laughs) this is not the first time we've ended things and gotten back together, but he's saying things in almost two decades I've never heard him say. So we were going to venture back out publicly as a couple yet again. I wasn't jumping back into things. We were treading very lightly. However, on this one day, we were about to go to a public event again as a couple. So this was like us stepping out yet again, and the universe just wasn't having it. And so I got visions that day. I saw my guides, my animal totems, archangels, like all uniting to all coming in, kind of like blowing the whistle, uniting the troops saying, oh my gosh, you guys, it's divine intervention day. She is about to do this again. So I went out to my couch to say just a few more minutes, we can walk out the door and he was asleep. So I didn't want to bother him. And as I was walking back through my bedroom, I became clairaudient and heard a voice clear as day in my right ear, tell me to stop and turn around. And when I did that, my eyes like a laser just honed directly into his cell phone sitting on my bookshelf. And I felt this energy just completely surround me and pretty much like glide and walk me over to the phone. And the same voice said, brace yourself, what you're about to see is going to rock your world. And the other really trippy thing about the story is I was never a snooper. I was never one that would like go into his phone, probably because on an unconscious level, I was terrified of what I would find. So I avoided doing that. But on this day, uh, if you've ever heard of automatic spirit writing, it's when you can channel source or guides to work through your hand to write messages. It was that same kind of force that went through my hand and popped in four numbers and opened his phone. And I did not know his code. And long story short, the phone at this point is representing that cave that I was terrified to enter. And once I entered in, I was seeing very, very graphic and horrible graphic evidence of uh, what had been going on pretty much the entire relationship. And because this was me facing my greatest fears in the moment designed to awaken me, it did just that. And it blasted open my egoic shell and the veil that had previously been covering my third eye was lifted. And wow, I mean, the moment that brought me to my knees is the same moment that woke me up. So that's the interesting thing about earth life is a lot of times on that earthly spectrum of emotions that we can experience here, the further you go on the one side, which is the quote unquote harder emotions, more devastating emotions to feel, the further you can dip and go on that end of the scale, then usually get slingshot and pinged back up onto the other side of the scale to the enlightenment and bliss and awakening. So that's exactly what was happening to me. I was experiencing both things simultaneously, my greatest devastation, along with the greatest miracle of providing my awakening. Oh, is it weird that this story already makes me want to throw up? (laughs) It's just something about that moment of finding out something so devastating. 
So what did you do? Did you confront him? So from that moment, he felt what was occurring energetically and it woke him up and I had total angelic support. And I obviously asked him to leave and told him he could never come back. And then I flew to Indiana to where I am from to spend time with my mom and grandma because I was in shambles. Everything I knew about myself had crumbled. Everything I knew about our relationship had crumbled. And on the days that I was staying at my grandmother's house in Indiana, my gifts continued to further activate and come alive. And I saw my entire life in truth and in light without all the denial and illusion that I had been living in. But when you're in denial, they call it denial for a reason. You don't know you're in it. And so it just, the next few days were just really, really wild. And that's when I had my surrender moment and just put my hands up and spoke to God, source, spoke to the wisdom within me, spoke to Mother Earth and said, I do not know what the hell I'm doing. I need your help. I need you to show me the way. And from that moment on, I have just let myself always be consciously aware of the messages and guidance coming in, and I always heed it. And so my life has completely changed since that day. Wow. There is just something about a breakup or a divorce that just feels so soul-shattering. Or maybe it's actually the opposite. It's the shattering of the ego, since the ego is what really holds on to that type of pain. I lost my dad, and this is going to sound kind of screwed up, but I remember after getting dumped one time, it was the only time I got dumped, so maybe that's why it felt so magnified, but I remember thinking, this hurts more than when I lost my dad, and I know that sounds terrible, and thinking back now, it didn't, but losing my dad was this pain spread out over a long period of time, and it would come in waves. But ending a love relationship for me was like this more acute or concentrated pain that seemed to hurt on a different level, but for a shorter period of time. I guess a good way to describe it would be that the breakup was like someone stomping on my hand with a stiletto. But losing my dad was like somebody standing on my chest in tennis shoes for a decade. Maybe breakups hurt on a different level because... It isn't just that pain of loss. It can be mixed with betrayal, depending on how it happened, or rejection, lower self-esteem, loneliness, sadness, even envy of their new life and who they might date in the future. It's just a lot of emotions wrapped up into one event. When I look back at really any pain I've dealt with, including the breakups, They've all been a gateway to some type of growth, as long as I was willing to sit with it and unpack it a little. But that all happened over time. And yours was this instant awakening. What was it like going through both of those things at the same time? You were suddenly clairaudient and everything was unfolding over the next few days. So did you understand what was happening to you or were you just confused? Great question. It was a mix, right? It was the vision I'm getting right now was a bit of like a cyclone. It was a swirl of everything colliding at once. My old world collapsing, yet I'm still kind of in that and feeling that, right? Because that had been my life up until that point for all those years. And then the new me and my new world and truths and consciousness and divinity was then entering in and activating within me. And so these like 
old world and new world systems were just swirling and swirling. And I was just kind of in the middle, like spinning around with it all. And so, no, initially I didn't because of everything just like, yeah, colliding and clashing. I didn't have clarity right away what was going on. No, right away after that surrender moment, universe instantly started to connect me in the oddest of ways to shamans and healers, like all sorts of different healers. I'm talking Western, Eastern, all of it. And I would always listen to it. I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to work with this practitioner now. Okay, I'm supposed to immerse in this method now. I never questioned it. I just knew I was being shown the way and I always leaned into it. I always stepped into it. And looking back, I then understood that for where my soul was at, at each one of those junctures, that particular medicine working through that practitioner or that particular medicine and alchemy working through that method was the exact dose of light and energy that my soul needed at that time to keep me transmuting, to keep me transcending and releasing and to keep activating the truth and divinity and wisdom within me that's always stored within us, right? I mean, we're these light beings, we've got these light grids, we have these chakras that store within all this ancient wisdom, all this sacred knowledge, but then it's up to us whether we engage in practices that cloud that wisdom and magic Or are we engaging in high vibrational practices and going to high vibrational places and spending time with high vibrational people to further ignite all of that truth? That's my long answer for that. (laughs) I love how you worded that to ignite that truth because it is a choice. You have to make all these little decisions to become the person that you want to be. I feel like I'm at this tipping point in my life. There's been a lot of just releasing my old self to make room for the new. I mean, even in the last year, there have just been so many changes. First, I feel like I finally found my purpose for the first time in my life. I'm really trying to listen to my body instead of just beating it down. (laughs) And I'm listening to my intuition. I'm being more selective with how I spend my time and who I spend it with. So part of that has created this shift in relationships. And what's interesting to me is that I had two friendships, each for almost a decade. And then suddenly, just in the last year, I almost felt blindsided by certain reactions. Or suddenly there was this friction, and I couldn't even tell you what was causing it. And I honestly don't even have any bad feelings about it. I'm sure I could have shown up better, so I'm not saying it's anyone else's fault. But it just started to become obvious to me at least, that our energies just didn't align anymore, if that makes sense. Sure, sure. And what you just said is it makes crystal clear sense because there's two ways to operate in life that I kind of just touched on. There's the downward spiral of emotions that go down on the rung, go down on the rung, and that's grief, despair, anger, sadness, depression, you know, all of those. And then there's the ascension spiral, which is joy, peace, bliss, oneness, compassion, empathy, all of those. And so as you 
decide more and more to be on the awakened path and make a conscious decision to be in more conscious awareness of guidance and conscious awareness of your truth. And as you're rising up the rungs of the ascension spiral and and going up, anything that is not a vibrational match anymore will shift and pretty much self-eliminate. So that goes for people, it goes for work, jobs, it goes for food and habits. I mean, as I have continued to be completely devoted to the evolutionary path, back in the day, yes, I was a college athlete, but I still knew how to have a really good time. I was never like a hardcore partier, but I knew how to have a good time and how to party. And I used to be a hip hop radio host, making club appearances and pulling all nighters. And nowadays, I didn't make this conscious decision, but I don't even really drink alcohol anymore. And it's not because like, I mean, there are sometimes when I'm at an event or a gathering, I'm like, oh God, it would be nice to have something, but it's just the vibration of alcohol for the most part. It clashes so much with my system. I have a better time and I'm more me and more free, completely sober now than back to when I used to drink. And so it's the same thing with relationships. And that's part of the reason why some people get stuck and want to stay in their comfort zone and choose to not shift on to the evolutionary path. And there's no right or wrong, whatever, but it's just they feel more safe and want to cling to what they know. And Some people that feel the call and want to heed the call to awaken more that reach out and want to work with me or learn more, be mentored by me. A lot of them are honest and saying, like, I want to do this work, but I'm nervous. Like, what might it do to some of my relationships or my marriage? And that's part of where you have to have complete faith and trust. This path is about complete faith and trust and knowing that if your higher self the higher self that devised your soul contract for your earthly experience, if your higher self is speaking to you and activating in you and pinging inside of you so loudly telling you to step forward on the awakening path, you then have to trust that your higher self and the divine wisdom is your compass. And it's obviously taking you where you need to go. And it's obviously taking you where you're going to align with the greatest peace and joy and purity that you could ever know. And but that's where we kind of get clashy. The human part and the ego part comes in because it can be scary. So soul contractual relationships, it's like sometimes when we're up in up in source energy and we're sitting with our fellow ascended masters and sitting with some of our soul family and we're really creating the earthly experience that we need to have this lifetime to evolve in the ways that we want to evolve because relationships are our greatest teachers and because here on earth we are mirrors for each other we then look to fellow souls to provide those awakening moments those evolutionary phases for us So in those situations, it's so hard not to turn your pain into animosity or this thing that basically ends up eating away at you. So when you look back on the experience now, how do you view it or how do you view him? And if this is your first time giving your mind a little love, I have a few goodies for you. First, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And second, sign up for the Morning Mind Love. 
Think of it like a weekday oracle from your highest self to help you start each day with a positive focus. Plus, you'll get two gifts absolutely free, a 30-minute binaural meditation and 30 days of journaling prompts to help you remember who you truly are. So join over 9,000 people and go to mindlove.com to sign up or text the word morning to 33777. We're all here just trying to live our best lives, right? And while you're here listening to a podcast, you might feel like you're on the right track, but then you visit family or you have a work deadline or something unexpected comes up and you're all stressed out and it feels like all the work is out the window. That's why it's so important to consciously curate what you can control, like who you surround yourself with, what you watch, what you listen to. So I'm going to add another podcast to your toolbox, The Dr. John Deloney Show. He has a PhD in counseling and has been sitting with hurting people for 20 years. He shares practical advice for everything from how to connect with people, how to face depression, overcome anxiety, and learn just what it means to be well. But what's really cool about his show is you can even leave a voicemail or send an email and he'll address your topic or question about mental or emotional help on the show. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney show is here for you. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on the website. So when you look back on the experience now, how do you view it or how do you view him? I have a lot of visions of me and my ex-fiance sitting up in the realms, like creating that experience. And I saw myself look at him and just being like, kind of like a nervous look on my face, like, oh gosh. And, and, you know, kind of just shrugging our shoulders, like, well, this is the piece needed for you though. And it's going to hurt like hell and it's going to take you the F down, but it's also going to shift you into your divine power. It's also going to help you remember that you're a true goddess and a queen. And it's also going to put you into your earth mission where you're helping raise the vibration of the entire planet. So then it's like, okay, so there can be all sorts of varying levels and degrees of soul contract relationships. Some of them are super quick. Some of them, like you meet someone and you have a really powerful experience that only lasts a day. So it doesn't necessarily mean that the ones that last 16 years are better or stronger than the ones that last a day or a week. They're just different doses of medicine and different divine alchemy and power within them, but they're all instruments for our awakening. Like everything's really here serving our ascension if you let yourself see it that way. Okay, first I have to go back to what you said about those visions of you and your ex basically creating these experiences for each other on a soul level. Because I believe we do. I think we choose our suffering. So some people choose to ascend faster than others, so they might create more challenges. Other people might need more suffering to break through their egos. But I look at it like whatever it is, it's for my growth and it's the path that I chose. Sometimes I look at it like my higher self is up there with the puppet strings. And if I'm not getting something, they throw another fireball. (laughs) But when you look at that in the context of cheating, sitting up there like, sorry in advance, but we both need this for growth. (laughs) That really helps me to just have compassion for the other person and still see them as the divine being they are. And just knowing that we created these experiences for 
our own ascension also puts it back into our control in a way. Because otherwise, it's definitely just easier to blame the ex and go into a spiral of why we aren't good enough. But you're right, we're mirrors for each other. We're all fragments of the same source. So we're not intentionally hurting each other. We're just having this crazy, chaotic human experience. Yeah, that didn't happen for me overnight. I mean, I went through various, oh my gosh, I experienced rage. I experienced devastation. I experienced the most extreme heartbreak I'd ever known. I experienced anger and just pure sadness, grief. I experienced all of that. And especially right after it happened, there was a lot of rage and disbelief and anger. So it wasn't like I was able to flip that switch overnight. But again, because I had that surrender moment, and because I then let myself be open to the guidance that was coming in, and I was following that path, and and universe sees you when you're doing that. They're like, okay, we're sending her the whispers. We're sending her the signs and she's heeding them. She's stepping forth with them. And every time they see you doing that, then the messages and guidance and support get stronger and stronger because they see your willingness and courage and vulnerability to be on this unseen path. And when they see you doing that, that's when this co-creative relationship between ourselves and source, between ourselves and Mother Earth that's when it gets stronger and stronger until you're just like operating as one. You're just like this one cohesive, divinely powerful system. But they need to see you listening and not pushing it away first. And then it really gets like pumping and cranking. (laughs) Yes. I feel like the universe used to have to completely crush me before I'd listen to its guidance. Like, Things would get so bad that I had no other option. Like that time I crashed my car with a blood alcohol level of 0.29 or that I permanently messed up my stomach from bulimia or that time my ex got me arrested for his crimes. You know, just normal stuff that everyone goes through. Yeah, it's it's been pretty bad at times, but that has been one of the biggest shifts I have made this year is listening, even when the signs are subtle. Relationships are a little harder because I'm not the only one affected. It feels like this investment. And when you cut someone out, you're also doing it to them. But even still, now when I feel that little pull a few times to let it go, I feel like I just have to let it go. And who knows? There's always that chance that we'll come back together when we're both done with whatever we needed to work on and we've grown a little bit. Certain relationships, though, just seem to anchor you to that person that you were when you met them. So either they are resistant to my changing or they become judgmental because it seems like I'm faking it because I'm not the same person as I was before or I get guilt trips for not wanting to spend my time the same ways I used to. So I think sometimes it's almost necessary to just let go of those people so that you can grow, or at least it has been for me. Oh, yes, Queen. It makes total sense. I mean, oh my goodness. Yeah, the people that I have in my life right now that are very close to me, we all are doing this work and we're all healers in different capacities. I mean, it all expresses in different ways. But the way my relationship dynamics 
are now are totally different than they were pre-awakening. And there's so many different kinds of really deep conversations that sometimes can be really, really uncomfortable. But because I'm so awakened and my friends are so awakened, it's like we're so tapped in and connected to so many different realms and parameters that if anything smells a little off, we put it out there. And so my kinds of my conversations are different. The way we ride the waves together. I have one healer friend who has just been going so deep this past year and has been letting a lot of old memories come up. And she's, you know, many times had to reach out and say, Hey, like, I hope you understand, but I can't talk to you. And I don't know when I'll be able to again. And I'm just like, I got it sending blessings and love. And because I understand I get the work and, and then two or three months later, she resurfaces. And she's just like, how are you? It was so hard for me to ask for that space. And I'm just like, I get it. And she's like, No, I know you do. Thank you so much. But that's just one example. But yeah, when you're on the evolutionary path, and the people around you are too, it all functions differently. I want to just clarify something you said earlier, because I know some listeners might have a more Western first thought when they hear the word medicine. So when you say that the medicine is working through someone, what do you mean? Oh, wow. Whoa, you're getting some doozies in here. Okay. Yeah. So thank you for bringing that up. So the medicine that I speak of is energetic medicine. And it can operate, honestly, in infinite array of ways. But let me hone in on a couple of examples. So some of my personal medicine that I house and hold within me, within my physical body, as a shamanic practitioner and mystic, whatever word you want to use, sage, healer, as I have aligned with my calling, And live my life and surrender to source. Now, even before I jumped on this podcast, right before we went on, I said, uh, gosh, I always do it in real time. I said, source, wisdom and medicine that lives within me and great mother earth. I completely surrender this podcast to you at this time. Channel through me whatever messages, medicine and guidance that need to be delivered for the highest, greatest good of all. So. I live my life in that way. And so I become an instrument of the divine. I am a walking energetic conduit that unites earth and sky, that unites this planet that we live on and the source energies above us. So I know that as we're talking right now, I am an energetic transmission. And there are a lot of, not to get too complex, but source codes and energetic frequencies and energetic medicine that is working through me and being delivered out to you and all of your listeners. Now, when I walk around in New York City or wherever I'm at, or when I meet someone at a party, This is where the big, huge piece of surrender and putting your soul's mission and calling above all else and trusting in the greater picture comes into play because a lot of my alchemy and medicine is about me releasing and transcending limitations that I placed on myself to allow then myself to be in full authentic glory, right? 
I know my work is very public. I know my work can be wildly triggering to people. I know that me walking around as a public figure, mystic and shamanic practitioner is not really the norm yet. And because of that, then when I'm meeting someone, they're getting dosed and hit with a lot of that personal medicine and alchemy. And some people lean into that and like how it triggers them and they get inspired by it. And they're like, oh, wow, I, you know, I'm just using this as an example, but like, I've never met anyone quite like you. Can you tell me more? And they lean in and then others, the potency and the power of the medicine I'm supposed to deliver here on earth, it can trigger them in a way that makes them want to project onto me, that makes them feel like they dislike me, they want to label, uh, they get confused by me, maybe me operating in the knowingness of my worth and, and knowing who I am as a goddess, as a mystic, as a woman in her power who also loves to have fun and dance to hip hop music. And as a person who has let myself be in my authentic power in a multidimensional, multifaceted way, if someone is not letting themselves do that, but they really yearn and wish they could be, then they meet me. That is That can be a clashing energy system, a clashing medicine system. And they might walk away from meeting me being like, ah, you know, like angry about me or something. And I've had to do just an example, but with that piece, I've had to do a lot of work of just like, well, the medicine, who knows when they might have an epiphany around that or, or the medicine that went into them might then let them next week or next month or next year, let another piece of their true, you know, personality come out a little bit more. But I just have to get out of the way of the work, if that makes sense. The one other small quick example that I can give is I work a lot with animal totems or some people call them spirit animals. And each animal possesses a certain energetic imprint or medicine that they're known for. They have healing properties. So depending upon what you're going through in life, you can call certain spirit animals to come forward and work with you and be with you because they provide a certain medicinal support. That makes a lot of sense. It's so interesting thinking of the contrast of my younger self to who I am now. I know that there were times in my younger days where I was just judgy of someone for being comfortable enough to be different, which is ironic because I was always a little bit different. I was always a little too bold or a little too loud, but I was only different in the ways that I was comfortable being different. And now I'm so inspired by people who are just themselves in their fullest expression, like no fucks given. It kind of seems like that's something that you're doing more now as well. Not that you weren't before, but I noticed that you recently changed your social handles from Rockstar Shaman to just Allison Charles. It feels kind of symbolic of shedding a mask and stepping into your true identity. Is that what inspired the brand change? It is definitely a part of it. And, you know, as we sit here and talk, I don't know in this moment where it's all leading me and guiding me. And I'm just always so open to the evolution presenting itself and listening to where my intuition is taking me. But for sure, that was a big decision. I mean, it was a big decision all the years ago when I was guided to use the name Rockstar Shaman. 
and just as big of a decision 13 months ago when I decided to shift and have that kind of be more on the side, kind of like an AKA name and not be fully known as that. And sometimes, especially as a multidimensional being, titles and human words can feel really constricting and labels can feel really constricting. Even a label like Rockstar Shaman, that's like a very big, expansive label. It's like, wow, but I'm not I'm not just a shaman. I'm also a mystic and I'm also a woman and I'm also a human and I'm also an artist and I'm also whatever, whatever. And so, yes, it was definitely part of opening it up to my name, but then even my name sometimes, like even Alice and Charles sometimes feels like a little bit of a box. And sometimes I just want to be nameless and formless and have complete liberation and freedom to be like all the things that want to express out of me. But yeah, it was a thing where there was a lot of different reasons going into that decision to pivot out of that brand name. But one of them was who I am and my work is bigger, just the one form of mysticism, which is shamanism, I'm operating on a lot of different levels. So yeah, that was a big decision for me. You talked about spirit animals and that you work with spirit animals. When I think of a spirit animal, I think of an animal that's sort of symbolic of my personality, like a unicorn is my spirit animal. (laughs) But I know it goes deeper than that. So what is a spirit animal and why and how do you work with them? Well, there are different ways. The way that I most recommend is working with a shamanic practitioner on what we call a journey. And I used to guide these all the time, especially in New York and LA. And it was really a main way that I got really well known in the public eye was doing these guided shamanic journeys. And people come and I drum and or rattle and I take you on a guided journey into a different realm. A lot of times we enter into a tree and then I guide you down into a jungle. Sometimes I will guide you up to the moon. Uh, There are different places that we go. But then when we land in this different realm, the key thing for any journey is setting an intention and placing that intention into your heart. So before we journey, we do that process. And then when we get there, the intention was set to unite with your core power animal totem, the animal totem that was assigned to you since birth, then we call that animal forth in the journey. And you can ask that animal questions. You can receive in any medicine that the animal wants to give to you. You can have a conversation with them. It becomes this really powerful, organic and authentic process that you have with your animal. But we have different ones that we work with at different times in our lives. We, I, My Black Panther is the one that I've had with me since I was born. But I work with all sorts of animals at any given time. I mean, this past year, 2018, I write a monthly energy forecast for well and good. And I also have it on my website, allisoncharles.com. And back in January, 2018, there's a totem that always comes through every month. And the snake came in for 2018. And the snake was talking to me and saying, like, I'm really going to be the totem of this entire year. I went ahead each month and a new totem would reveal specifically for the month, but shedding old skin, releasing old patterns, releasing the old paradigm, 
via the snake medicine was the dominant animal totem for this year. Yeah. So there's a lot of different ways in which you can work with them, but having a shaman take you on a journey to meet the animal is the way I most recommend. On my website, actually, when you go there, you can get the ultimate spirit animal guidebook for free. You just put your email in and you can get the guidebook. And I talk about, I think there's at least 20 different animals in there and their healing properties. And then I assigned a power practice that you can do with each animal to kind of get to know that animal and unite with their medicine and their power. So that would be another good way as well. Well, there seems to be a lot of fear happening right now. There are a lot of extreme views in our country. There's definitely a lot of changes happening. So how do you see the work of the snake happening in our current events right now? I'm constantly sharing with my clients to stop searching in life and instead start aligning. It's true with purpose, with relationships, with higher versions of yourself, and it's also true for hiring. The best way to search is actually just to match with Indeed. Indeed is your one-stop hiring platform with millions of job seekers visiting every month, and their powerful matching engine helps you find quality candidates fast. Plus, Indeed lets you schedule interviews, screen applicants, and message candidates all in one place. But Indeed isn't just about speed. They also deliver quality. According to a recent Indeed survey, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. I love Indeed because it makes hiring so much easier. I'm all about alignment in all areas of my life, and that includes people I hire to work in my business. So I need a hiring partner that makes it simple to find candidates with the right skills. And that's Indeed. And what's really cool is Indeed's matching engine gets smarter the more you use it, learning from your preferences and over 140 million qualifications. Plus, I love that I can do all my hiring in one place. It's just one less thing to keep track of between all of the other things. So join over 3.5 million businesses worldwide who rely on Indeed to find great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash mindlove. Just go to Indeed.com slash mindlove right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash mindlove. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I really need to get something off my chest. Being a mom of a three-year-old boy is really freaking hard, and sometimes it has me questioning my sanity. But then he'll grab my face and call me his sweet little mama. Yes, that's a real thing he says, <laughs> and it will all melt away until I break his banana. I thought I was done with emotionally abusive relationships, but nope. We all carry around stressors, big and small, and when we keep them all bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For me, just talking things through is hugely helpful, but it's so hard finding friends and family that are unbiased or non-judgmental. And therapy isn't just about dealing with major trauma, you know? It's about learning healthy coping mechanisms, setting boundaries, becoming the best version of yourself. And BetterHelp makes it super convenient, too. Everything's done online so you can fit therapy sessions around your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MindLove today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash MindLove. 
Speaking of ignoring our shadows as a nation, we're kind of in denial about some things. And in honor of Thanksgiving, let's shed light on a couple. We learned we celebrate Thanksgiving because the pilgrims came here, barely survived their first winter, but then the Indians taught them how to fish and plant corn, and we had this happy communal meal, when really we slaughtered them and stole their land. We like to ignore the ongoing effects of slavery and inequality. We really want to believe that there's no gender bias. We convince ourselves that we need bacon for every meal, even though the sacrifice is millions of animals being tortured for their entire lives. Oh, and then we're all appalled by China's dog meat festival because how can they do that? Dogs are so sweet and emotional. But we don't want to look at the fact that pigs and cows might be more emotionally intelligent than dogs. If you can't tell, that one is a definite trigger for me. But just as we have to look at our own personal shadows, we also have to as a whole. When I ignore my personal demons, they don't go away. They end up seeping out in ways that I have even less control over. So as Allison said, that's happening on a global level. We ignored our shadows and now those shadows are pushing back and shit feels like it's hitting the fan. We're all pointing fingers and placing blame. But attacking someone's beliefs or lifestyle doesn't break down walls, it builds them. What if instead we have conviction while still having compassion? What if we stand in our beliefs while still standing in the light? We think we need to convert someone to our side or make someone think like us to make a difference, but we actually don't. Energy is contagious. We are 0.001% matter and 99.99% energy. We are making a difference just vibrating at a slightly higher frequency. So be the change you wish to see in the world. It's not just a saying, it's a solution. Yeah, it's funny because it's almost like we all think if we can make each other feel terrible about themselves for their beliefs, we're somehow going to scare them into changing. But when has that ever worked? And on one hand, I get it because I'm human. I feel it myself. And there are some beliefs that other people have that are really hard for me to understand because their beliefs almost feel immoral to me. So then I'm triggered and it's hard not to bring out that judgment in my response. But I am getting better now at recognizing the judgment. And I know if I'm feeling judgment, it's from the ego. So my challenge has been really asking myself, how can I show up better? How can I shift my own energy so that this conversation isn't so triggering for me? Or how can I come from a place of understanding and really be that light instead of telling people how they should shift to a place that I think is better, if that makes sense? Again, amen. And I'm so proud of you for letting yourself see that piece. And that is completely spot on. Last January, uh, Well and Good brought myself and Candace Kumai and Latham Thomas to give a talk here in New York City at the Deepak home base. And we were all talking about kind of like revolutionary ways pertaining to self-care for the new year. And what you just said was my main pillar of my talk and offerings that night. It was like, all these people that come to me that say, I want to do more to change the world. What can I do? I want to do more for the planet. What can I do? I, you know, all these things that are happening, how can I do more good for the world? And it's like, go within first, 
our external is a reflection of our internal state. And if you have not begun to do the internal work where you face your own shadow, if you haven't even begun to step onto that path, how do you expect yourself to hold space and be of service for the planet's shadow reveal if you haven't even met the shadow within you? And so I'm all about if you feel called to go to a march and do those outward stances and expressions, follow that guidance, follow that intuition. But overall, the biggest piece has to be going within and tending to your personal vibration, tending to your personal frequency, doing your own shadow work. Because once you know yourself, then you know the world. Once you go within and do all of the work and see yourself in full, and whole and see yourself the ugly, the scary parts, the shadow parts, and you bring them to the forefront and you acknowledge them and and you look at them with love and you let them transform you. Once you see all those parts in yourself, you can no longer look outward and judge another. It shifts you into empathy and compassion and non-judgment and oneness only after you meet yourself in whole. So you are completely spot on with that. Right. And I think once we learn to do that, that's when it's really life-changing because when these conflicts are over, there's going to be more. That's how life works. Another one always pops up. So when you focus so much of your energy on how to win each argument or on a personal level, how to fight each demon, you'll be fighting your whole life. So I think the real challenge is finding that place of inner calm within the chaos. Yes. And it's always something my friends and I laugh a lot about like, when is this shit ever going to end? It never ends. I mean, we know it never, it's never going to end, but we just still kind of joke about it because it's infinite. I mean, even on my website, I say our ability to evolve is infinite. Once you start to do this work and like go inward and then also start to work with the unseen realms. It is truly an infinite, vast universe within and without. And so the work never, ever, ever stops. It's just about you start to um, find a greater sense of humor in it. I mean, for many years after my awakening, even after I realized I'm a shaman and a mystic, I was still very serious about the work. Going deep and going within was had a very serious energy to it. And it's only been in the past year where it's shifted more into like lightness. And even though I'm going deeper than ever before, I'm able to keep a greater sense of of humor around it. And like even in January, I'm collaborating with one of my closest friends who's a stand-up comedian, but also a very devoted healer. And we're calling it Comedy Seance. And it's going to be a really freeing and liberating show at New York Comedy Club where she and I and a dancer who was also really awakened, Jess Grippo, we're just going to be doing all sorts of spiritual things, but also blending and merging in stand-up comedy because it's just a lot of work. I love the idea of bringing lightness to going deep. I feel like the more I learn about everything, but especially the brain, the less personal it becomes because I start to see that a lot of my emotions are just these habit loops and chemical reactions. And also, we all think our issues are so unique and crazy, but the more I share, the more I realize we're all dealing with the same shit. So it's really just silly. (laughs) 
I'm curious though, what shadows are you working through right now for your own transcendence? What am I working on right now? It's a piece that has really been one that's been a biggie for me because it got put into place before memory. Before I was even three, my dad put me in my first running road race. So before three years old, I was being groomed and bred to be a very fierce competitor. And I was, I was at a very high level. I was a national champion athlete and scholarship runner at the University of Alabama. And so from before three, all the way through college, I mean, every single day, I was moving through life from a place of terror and fear of being left behind, of fear of being beaten, of fear. And when I say beaten, I mean competition, losing. I was in constant fear and terror of not being enough, uh, not being enough to make other people feel good or feel proud of me, which in turn then would let me feel good and proud of myself. My worth was completely built upon external constructs and external validation. So still to this day, being moved by heart intelligence and letting myself move through life from a place of what do I truly want to do now, rather than what do I feel like I need to do to stay on top, or what do I feel like I'm supposed to do to stay ahead? I'm constantly having to mindfully and consciously walk those two pieces in my life. And I'm always having to watch that shadow piece of fear-based comparison and fear-based competition with the piece of truth and heart intelligence and letting myself walk from a place of liberation and heart guidance versus fear. So funny. I can totally relate, but for different reasons. I was an only child, so I got a lot of praise. And now I think it's somehow linked to my internal reward pleasure centers. I thrive on validation. And so now I still love those external validators. Like I noticed last month, mind love was surging in the podcast charts. And on the outside, I was humble. And I was just like, oh, well, I'm putting a lot of love into it. But on the inside, I was like, oh my God, my show just passed Aubrey Marcus or, oh my gosh, I'm ahead of Oprah. (laughs) But then I thought, What does that matter? For one, you're ahead of neither of those people in real life. So what does this one metric mean? Especially because the most fulfilling part of having this show is having an outlet to shine my own unique light. And there is no comparison or competition in uniqueness. It's a paradox. Yeah. No, again, like I really commend and honor you for really letting yourself be so consciously aware of your behaviors and your thoughts. And it's with that, it's like it's loving, compassionate self-awareness. When you see those pieces, it's not about like, oh, fuck, and stomping your feet around and beating yourself up. It's just like, oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's so fascinating that I just thought that, okay, so what's in this for me? And maybe sitting in a quick little one minute contemplation of what's the lesson here for me? How can I grow with this? And it's just that loving, gentle introspection and awareness of yourself that lets you keep evolving and gets you less and less scared 
of evolving. At this point, it's so beautiful to me. You know, I recently went on a date and like, historically speaking, I haven't dated much. I was always in very long-term relationships or consciously single or consciously celibate. And so for me to go on a date, it's like a special thing, right? And like, we had such a great experience and it was so beautiful and yummy and divine and all these things. And then very quickly, like the next day I could feel I mean, again, I'm very tuned in, tapped in. I could feel this like shift occurring. I could feel, I was like, oh no, oh no, another one's gonna turn and go the other way. And even though I was sad and my heart was hurting and, you know, there was a deep place in me because we had such a deep, instant, powerful connection. So there was a deep place in me that was super sad and shed a few tears, yet like, I was just as much tapped in and connected with like, oh my God, but how beautiful and what a gorgeous teacher he was for me just for those few days. Oh my God, I'm so grateful. And there was truly no judgment. It was just, he's there, I'm here. Universe brought us together for those six days and wow, now he's going to go there and I'm going to go here. And there was non-judgment and there was just still beauty even in the pain. And, and so the more people do exactly what you have been communicating and doing in this show by giving these examples, the more you can just be in conscious awareness of what you're doing, what you're thinking, how you're operating in life, you get less scared of it all. And you trust yourself more and more to ride all the waves and to feel all the emotions. And with that, comes a beauty and power and richness in everything. Well, thank you so much for all the wisdom you shared today. This was such a stimulating conversation and I'm just really grateful. So for listeners who are resonating with you, where can they find you online? The easiest ways are my website, alisoncharles.com, and I spell A-L-Y-S-O-N, charles.com, or rockstarshaman.com. I'll still get you there. And then Instagram, as you touched upon, it used to be at Rockstar Shaman, but it's now at I am Allison Charles. So I would love to meet your audience there. I have a mental challenge for you. Think of the most hurtful thing anyone has ever done to you. Now try envisioning a scenario where you and that person are sitting up there, two souls on a cloud, perfectly strategizing your ascension bonus points for journaling it. But try to add lightness to this exercise. Make it fun, like an episode of a sitcom. Like The Good Place. (laughs) There's power in this. When you reframe a past moment, you actually change your past over time. There's actually this really great video by Jason Silva called Can We Change the Past? And it's fascinating. I'll embed it in the show notes at mindlove.com slash 054. But it's probably the best use of three and a half minutes of your time. But the more we can do things like this, the more we change our perception of reality. We actually start to create our own spiritual awakening. So try that out and let me know how it goes on Twitter or Instagram at MindLoveMelissa. All the links mentioned in this episode, including that amazing video, are at MindLove.com slash 054. You can support the show by supporting our sponsors. And if you're enjoying MindLove, tell a friend, family member, or coworker about it. And don't forget to subscribe on CastBox or Apple Podcasts and rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Also, to stay inspired between episodes, don't forget to sign up for the Morning Mind Love at mindlove.com or text MORNING to 444-999. 
Thanks for giving your mind a little love today, and I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning into your higher frequency with Mind Love. Head to mindlove.com for a free gift to keep your vibes up until next week.